Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to another episode of the Omarpreneur podcast. I'm very excited for today's episode as I always am because I'm bringing to you an entrepreneur here that really specializes in helping people from diverse backgrounds break into a very lucrative billion dollar tech industry. And with me today is brother Omar who is the co-founder of Trainio and we're going to talk about what these guys do, how they can help you maybe either uplevel your career or even transition to a new career and how they can essentially potentially help you tap into this billion dollar industry. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation today. Thanks for just coming on the podcast appreciate it always looking forward to it man thanks for reaching out and hitting us up awesome definitely so i like to start by giving people a little bit of a background on your story as an entrepreneur our listeners are mostly muslim entrepreneurs and they like to know you know how are entrepreneurs made how are they born because entrepreneurs are i would say they're not born but they're built right so for yourself how did you even come to build trainio what sparked the idea where were you at in your life and just give me a bit of background on that that would be awesome yeah, yeah, I'll try and keep it brief and, and not go on too long. So. <laughs> Take your time, brother. We got the time. Let's do this. I think in most entrepreneurs, your life and, and then professional experiences as it lead you into kind of building what you ultimately end up building, right? So for me, the background was growing up, like probably in a work-class area, little to no education, like formal education as you know it, right? So for me, what happened was I went to college, didn't go to university, and then you kind of experienced that lack of opportunity out there for you. Like everywhere I was going, everyone was questioning me. I could visibly see, even though I had the same abilities as everyone else, I didn't have the same opportunities, right? And you're kind of looked down upon. And that was because of the background from where I didn't know about the opportunities. And also when you even get in an interview, you, you just look down upon, you've got to visibly fight to show that you're on the same kind of level, right? So I kind of experienced that whole side of things. And I saw, as I say, treat people from different backgrounds with no education or, or not from the right kind of profile. Growing up, I saw that every job I got into, I had to basically be better than everyone else right and then luckily one day I went to a different recruitment company they asked me to build my new market and that's how I found out about the tech industry right and I was like this is mad it's crazy and I, I knew nothing about it I was 26 27 I thought I was pretty strong in terms of like industries and career wise and this was a whole new space that I didn't know about right that the money was great the cultures come different anything I knew about no one I knew knew anything about it, it was a stumbling upon it was a real eye-opener for me and I was like how come there's this great opportunities great and no one really knows about it so you kind of see the lack of opportunities you find the industry I tried to get in I had certain barriers to get in as well like no one gave me an opportunity in there I had to again be better and, and, and do as you think so I, I think into my background growing up and not having the same opportunities the same access having to fight to get in kind of gives you an insight into what it's like for other people as well right and you know that other people don't have the same access other people don't have the same opportunities the, going through those experiences and seeing what that was like was probably the trigger point for one of the reasons we set up training and the idea behind it as well. So you help people tap into this tech industry. Now tell me this because generally people will be like, well, isn't that something that I normally do by going into a certain field in university? I have to go through a certain number of years of studies and I have to get a degree before I can get a job in tech. So how is what you do different from that traditional path? For one, the career we focus on is sales, right? Okay. So the path that you spoke about going to university for four years spending what nine thousand pound a year so what's that 36 grand my math is incorrect so you spend four years 36 grand you go to university you study something and still you come out knowing nothing about sales right mm -hmm. you might know about a tech role if you do a, a developer degree for example but you're going to a developer role for sales there is no education out there that actually prepares you for a career in sales most people will go to university and they'll get a grad role and that's kind of how they fall in with us we have 
a free eight week program. So we don't charge people less. At the start, everyone thought it was a scam, right? Because people thought, why do you do for free when everyone else is, you know, selling all these Forex and all these crazy courses for, for X amount of money in the US mm-hmm. just charge about 30 grand. So for us, it's free. We don't charge anyone. It's eight weeks. It's in the evening. So you do it whilst you work. At the same time, it's difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's difficult. It's challenging. You've got to put the work in. But once you come through it, that's when we land you a role. We actually get you that role and support you into your first sales role as well. Mm-hmm. So it's quicker. It's eight weeks. It's free. And you get the best people in the world training you. Awesome. This is amazing. And I'm curious, how were you able to make this free? Because a company has to generate profit to be able to hire people, to be able to pay your coaches, pay your trainers. So what's your business model? Good question, man. So we monetize it on the company side. Of things when we place an SDR into an organization, the companies then pay me a fee for that, right? So it's like a recruitment okay. fee that we get. So our competitors will kind of um, charge on the student side of things and charge five grand, but we'll monetize it on the company side of things. That's how we grow and that's how we generate our business. Okay, that's a really interesting approach because you're essentially enticing people to join this training program by saying, look, we're going to break down all barriers for you, including financial barriers. And what you're betting on is that people are going to go through the training. They're going to then be able to have the skills necessary to be placed in a company. And what you're doing is you're essentially taking on all the risk from what it sounds like. That's a very smart business decision. Yeah, go ahead. The important thing there to know as well is the people that come onto the program, we don't have any like physical requirements, right? I don't care what industry you've worked in. We don't care whether you've got a degree or not. Don't care what your background is. All of those things on paper that typically stop you from getting into roles within any industry, right? We don't care about that. The only things that we will test you on are things that you can control, right? So we look at whether you really want to be in sales or not. We look at your ambitions and your drivers and we look at your coachability, right? Everything on paper that traditionally stops people, we don't look at. We interview everyone that kind of comes through. As long as you can meet those requirements that we are all in control of, then we'll get you into the program and you should well. I'm curious about you as an entrepreneur, because again, this podcast is mainly for entrepreneurs. What sparked the idea of creating this company and building this process? And how did you find this opportunity within this industry? So me and my co-founder, we were actually working in the space. So like I said before, when I tried to become an SDR, it's very difficult for me. I had to kind of do extra things that normal people don't have to do. Sunil, exactly the same thing as well. So we actually worked in the recruitment side of things. And then we also worked as SDRs, so as like salespeople in the tech space. So we kind of worked in both industries. So we had an insight into the challenges that society has, but then we had an insight into the challenge that the industry has as well. So we were then able to like come up with an idea that kind of married both. We can solve some of the issues the society has and we can solve the issues that these businesses have because these businesses have issues when they're trying to hire salespeople of how do you know whether someone's good? How do you know whether someone wants to be sales? How do you know if someone's going to stick at the role or if they've got the mineral sales? It's really hard. Like it's, it's a super difficult role. So companies have these issues and society has these issues. So we saw the gap and we decided to marry the two and just go gung-ho for it really. That's a really great perspective that you had and I love the way that you saw a problem in the market and you're like, okay, well, if we kind of bridge this gap for both the companies themselves and for the people that will get these opportunities, we can really put ourselves in a position where it's a win-win for both sides. That's a really, really amazing business model, mashallah. I love business models that are a win-win. And one thing that really stands out is 
for me at least, is I really like the way that you guys approached it in terms of branding, in terms of marketing, and in terms of really making sure that you created something here, a platform that was ultimately very professional, very well done. So what was your process when you actually had the idea, the idea formed in your mind? What was your process, the main steps that you went through to be able to turn that idea into reality? What were those initial stages like for you? Hard. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll be honest, those first kind of three, six months before that, the the hardest thing even now I'd price this is the absolute most difficult thing I've ever done and I, I think that's not maybe highlighted enough when people are talking about like setting up businesses it's apparently it's meant to be all amazing all fun but it's, it's ridiculously hard so the process was we were both working I was still working full-time at a tech company doing a sales role I knew I had to kind of knuckle down and concentrate so Sunil he was working he flew out to another country I flew out to another country because if we were both in the UK you get distracted right and we had to go hell for leather so we both moved out we started reaching out to people in the space to just to get their ideas and, and thoughts and validation and then we just had to put it all into place so we had to plan out what the program would look like we had to plan out what the recruitment process would look like it got to a stage where even before making revenue it got too much like I told my company look I, I can't do both I've got to leave I'm not doing you justice they wanted me to stay because you know they, it was booking meetings they needed it so I agreed to go part-time for them and then he got to a stage where I said I'm not even doing your hours for you there's no point you paying me so I was in another country I left both of us left with no income we had no revenue coming in the business so we never had any savings in the bank either we just <laughs> took that big risk and I think that's what most entrepreneurs you probably speak to probably do do some of the things we never had any money in the bank we had very finite time to get revenue in for us to start to live so once we put the process in place we started doing the work I flew out to Columbia to live with Sunil to cut our costs down so we both had the same sort of cost base and then we started just working on the business getting the candidate through and then putting them through the program you know it's really interesting that you share this with me I love how you're sharing it in such like a nonchalant like this is what happened and you know like step A step B and we just worked out and now we're here I love that because you know so many entrepreneurs they make starting a business this huge deal right it's like even when they're already in their jobs and it's like so many conversations I have it's like look I'm not telling you to quit your job let's start it off as a side hustle part time and then let's eventually wrap it up and even that is just such a big decision, such a scary decision for so many people. And for you, you kind of approach it with the mindset of, well, I had this idea. I recognize that if I stayed where I am right now, I would be distracted and I wouldn't really move forward at the pace that I want to. So I had to move out, I had to abandon everything, burn the boats metaphorically, and yeah. really just put my back against the wall to move forward. And this is what allowed you to be here today. I really think this is a defining characteristic of so many successful entrepreneurs is their ability to put their back against the wall and say, okay, this is truly my mission, what I want to achieve. And I'm not leaving myself and allowing myself to have a plan B. It's plan A or nothing at all. And a lot of times, while that might seem unwise conventionally, that is really what it takes to build a successful business. Even in today's age when, you know, the barrier to entry is lower. Sure, it's easier to build an online business. It's easier to get started. But even though the barrier to entry is lower, the barrier to success is still just as high, right? It still takes dedication. It takes commitment. It takes you going all in. For you right now, how many years have you been working on this trainio? So the journey that you shared with me right now, how long ago has it been since you moved to Colombia and since you were going through those initial stages? So we first started working on it roughly probably about a year and a half ago now. So it's still, I mean, it's, it's gone super fast so throughout the country about a year and a half ago first program went live in october first employees came on board in january we expanded to the us in april the next platform's coming out next year so it's just gone at like a hundred miles an hour amazing mashallah and are you still in colombia i'm curious no, 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 no. So I spent three months in Georgia. I spent three months in Colombia. I came back. I spent one month in Madeira and then I came back for the summer. So I'm back in the UK now and okay. then 
for the winter i'll fly out i think i'm flying out next month to uh, somewhere a bit warmer turkey oh yeah i love that you say this you know somewhere a bit warmer i just want to like grab that for a second because myself i live in montreal canada i don't know if you ever visited canada before it's a very cold country it's great in the summers it's really nice because it's hot but not too hot but then you know as of october literally like this month pretty much you're already people are putting on their jackets or putting on their hoodies it's getting really cold and winter is approaching and i always i'm going up to my wife and i'm telling her look this is we're gonna do this this year we're gonna go on a tour for six months we're gonna visit a few countries we're gonna make a list and find out where we're going to live that yeah. is warmer than canada because i don't know if i can continue to live in these winters for the rest of my life it's just too much but i want you to elaborate a little bit on what you said about that initial stage of you making the decision to move away from your current environment to have the headspace necessary to build this business. Can you bring us back to kind of your mindset and what your thoughts were when you did make that decision? Why did you feel like that you had to make such a drastic decision instead of just saying, well, I can just start it here in the UK. I have my family here, my friends here, my sports system, and this is the right place to be. Why, why did you have to make a decision to really just cut off everything and focus 100% on this project? At the time I was working full time, so I knew I was going to juggle both. And I knew if I was in the UK, like I started to see, like you, my brain just started working a little bit differently. All I started to think about was the business and how I can become the most efficient I can mm. possibly be. Little things like when you know, your friends come in and you're sitting there for an hour having a chat, all of a sudden my head was, I should be doing the business, right? I get that feeling yeah. of when you have to go and you see your family or when, I'm not saying this is healthy, but this is just like yeah. what was in my head. Whenever mm -hmm. I was doing something that wasn't focusing on the business, I felt like guilt and I knew I could be more efficient and I could mm -hmm. get more done if I wasn't around everything. I'm not saying that's healthy, but at that stage of the business, that's what I felt was absolutely needed. So it was just a, it wasn't even a big deal for me. I thought, I'm going to just get more done if I'm in another country, right? So I went abroad. I had no distractions. And all I, I did was just work, work gym, work gym, work gym, work gym. That's absolutely all I did. It sounds weird saying it out loud because I know everyone has downtime and they like to watch Netflix and like to see their friends and their families. But for me, and I'm still in that state of mind now where I just want to be as efficient for the business as much as I, I possibly can. And even now when I'm going away, yes, it's to maybe be in a slightly warm place, but I know it's because I will operate better with, with my uh, seasonal thing where it's better in the sun and also I can concentrate more because we've got some big plans coming up in the next two three months so if I can just focus ev absolutely everything on the business and not have any other distractions then we've just got a much greater chance of success man like the chance of success are crazy low like I think 0.4% businesses get from like 1 to 10 million 0.04% of those go past that rate so the chances of success are slim so why not do absolutely everything in my power to to make it successful and to get to those levels. Dude, I'm in agreement with you 100%. You're maybe the first person that's ever talked about this on this podcast. And I relate to you. Like, it's unbelievable how much I relate to you and what you're saying right now. And it's interesting because I've never spoken to anyone else that has really put those feelings that I've had into words. And I used to feel like there was something wrong with me. I mean, we had like, I think it was episode number six of this podcast, if I'm not mistaken, or like seven. One of the initial episodes of this podcast that had brought on a sister, Cordelia Gaffar, and a brother, Abdul Shakur from the UK, two good friends of mine. And we had like a whole debate and discussion around work-life balance. And my angle was like, I don't think work-life balance can really exist in those first few years of business, but they felt differently. And ultimately, I'll tell you this. Okay, and I do want your feedback on this. And I think this is an important discussion to have. For me right now, I'm about seven years into entrepreneurship. Okay, so I've already built three businesses. Omopreneur is my third business. I've already sold the first, the first two. Throughout these last, I would say five to six years, like up until this year, I was really just running on, like running on sheer willpower, right? Like just 
constantly putting my head down, focusing on what I needed to do, the task at hand, and really just operating like a machine. However, in the last year, my batteries have slowly started to give out, I won't lie to you. Mm-hmm. And I've started to feel like the impact of just the grind mode, like being in the grind 100% of the time. And I've started to now, only now in my life, seven years into entrepreneurship, I haven't worked a job in seven years, finally have like a bit more of a balanced approach where I'm not as much mm-hmm. like really forcing myself to absolutely be working on the business and really be pushing myself to my limit every time. And this has been a little bit healthier for me recently, but I think every single person does need to go through at least that phase in those initial few years. Because if you're starting off and you're like, okay, I'm just going to work on it a little bit here and there, and you're not giving it the seriousness and the attention it deserves, it's never going to take off to a point where you can then afford to step back and be like, okay, now I can integrate more balance into my life. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, your wife must be very angry at you a lot of the time. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. But no, look, I I agree. I think if you, and again, I'm not saying it's healthy and it's not for absolutely everyone, right? And if you're an employee, then I'd say, you know, look after your work-life balance, your your mental health is very important. But if you want that business, you've got to put the work in. Unless you are amazingly gifted and talented and, you know, just supremely efficient where you can operate a normal lifestyle and build a business to be super successful and fair play. But me personally, I'm not that talented. I, I have to work, etc. And I think most founders probably do as well. And you have built two businesses, you've sold them and you're on your third, right? So yeah. you're like living proof of it. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. It really does take that level of commitment. And I even just recorded a podcast, I think, uh, two days ago. Brother Akbar Sheikh, he's from the US. He's a multimillionaire entrepreneur. And essentially, one of his main points during our discussion as well was just he kept reinforcing like just how important it was to really have that commitment to go all in. And it's something that you're very much doing right now, mashallah. Now, one thing I do want to ask you, because as part of the journey, not only is going all in important and having that commitment important, but part of it as well is really having at least the right knowledge about what is the direction that I need to go or where do I need to go in my business, as well as having the right mentors or right support system to really help drive and fuel that growth. Now for you personally, you're building a very unique business. This is a recruitment, almost a recruitment company, but not really. I would say it's pretty unique. It's not really this kind of standard model where you'll find a million online courses on this and and tons of training. So what was your approach to get the right kind of information, the right kind of mentorship to be able to build this business? Or have you even gotten any mentorship, any coaching at all? Yeah, I think we were lucky, right? So I think both of us, we had some really good people who were advising us and got involved with at the start. Like we had VP of sales for a a tech company has gone through to like their series B right from 0 to 50. We had another the main person that kind of helped us was a guy called Alex Henderson. He led two companies to exit. This was the XPP of sales for Airbnb across the mirror. Like, don't know why he gave us his time, but he was just a, a super, we kind of both knew for a while ago, like probably one of the smartest, probably the smartest person I've ever met in my entire life. So we had those people helping us right at the very start. And without them, we wouldn't be here. Like I, I couldn't have this conversation with you beforehand, like speaking at a presentation and doing all the things that like, was just ridiculous and strategy. So having those people on board at the very start massively helped us. And even now as we navigate and we're doing our funding rounds and we're developing the platform, which comes out next year, having those people that have been there and done it and can identify the gaps and kind of show us the way forward and even give us some connections is as a massive, like honestly, as great as we think we are, we all do, right? I don't think we would have been here or been as successful without that guidance. 
from people who've been there, doesn't it? What has been your main or focus recently in the business? Now that the business has launched, your program is launched, it's available and people can go through it and they can essentially hopefully get placed in a company and get a job. This whole process is set up. It seems like it's launched and it's official and it's running. So what is now your main focus? Where do you want to take the business? What's the next level? For- the next stage, I mean, I think that's the difference. You've got to make sure that today is running as efficiently as profitable as possible, but then you've also got to have an idea of where tomorrow is. Mm-hmm. And then where the day after that is going to be as well. So what we're doing now is we're just closing out a funding round and we're going to develop a, a platform which lets companies onboard and train the staff that they hire from us. So that gives us recurring revenue that adds like 10 times your valuation, right? But it also yeah. allows us to maximize the customer base that they've already yeah. got. And then the goal after that is to build out, disrupt the education system as we know because i do feel it's broken right so the education we want to build an institution that is low cost available to everyone trains you and gives you specific knowledge on specific roles in the tech industry and then actually gets you the job as well because education at the moment probably gives you knowledge on a certain topic about how many people go to a business management set of business how many people do a psychology has become a psychologist i think the stats are ridiculous like less than 20 percent of people actually use the stuff they learn in university so we want to disrupt education, make it available for everyone, but actually help people get into work. And that's the next step for us. So we know where we want to go and the different things you want to do. It's just by keeping in mind today and executing it all efficiently. Definitely. I appreciate you sharing that and giving us an insight into what the next stages are for you. And right now with Trainio, how can people go and actually sign up to this and take advantage of it and potentially be part of your next cohort? Where should we tell them to go? Yeah, it's super easy. Just sign up to the website, www.trainio.com. You can sign up through there. Once you sign up, depending on whether you're UK or US based, the recruitment team will contact you and book in your first stage interviews and then you're rocking and rolling. Awesome. And outside of the UK and US, is your program offered or not at the moment? No, no, no. So at the moment, we're just in the UK and the US. We are looking at other regions as well. It's just looking at kind of like where the demand is and where we can actually roll it out to as well. So I think other regions we're potentially looking at in the next few years are going to be Australia, India, and other parts of Europe as well. So those seem to be like growing areas we're going to try and look into as well. Amazing, mashallah. And I have one question for you that I ask every single guest on this podcast, one of my favorites. And it's if you could meet a young Omar who's uh, 18 years old, about to go into college and maybe drop out and then go through all this journey of entrepreneurship. You can kind of go back in time, you can meet him, but you could only allowed to give him one piece of advice. You can only tell him one thing. What would that one thing be for you? One piece of advice? Honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything, man. I'd say keep doing what you're doing. Because I think if I gave a piece of advice and I did something different, I wouldn't be here today. Mm. So I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't give any piece you tell, of advice. You, you, tell to, you tell him, just go for it. Make the mistakes. Do what you need to do. You'll end up uh, just fine. Keep that chip on your shoulder because that's what's going to give you that drive. Man. So I wouldn't actually change anything personally. Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing, Michelle. Well, I appreciate you uh, joining me on this podcast today. Omar, it was an absolute pleasure. And I really love just your attitude, your mindset, your philosophy when it comes to business and your approach to entrepreneurship. And uh, inshallah, if you guys are listening, I want you to go ahead and check out www.trainio.com. So it's written train yo.com we'll drop a link to it in the episode notes or if you're watching on youtube we'll have it in the description omar it was an absolute pleasure thank you for having like for having for having us and bring us some of this knowledge and some of this experience on this podcast i really appreciate it yeah and Royce, thanks for having me, man it's been fun definitely and you guys know the drill if you enjoyed this episode make sure to go and rate and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and go ahead and follow us omar Pernier, on all social media platforms and we'll see you in the next episode take care everyone assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh